0: Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now here are your hosts, Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth.
1: It is the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production, and today's show leaves nothing to the imagination. We have a very special guest. Her name is uh, Laura Marriott, executive director of No, not the hotel, Mobile Marketing Association, and uh, that's the MMA for those of you who like those little letters there. MMA is a premier association for the development of mobile marketing. So. We've got Laura for three segments on the show today, and we'll also be joined by Patrick Meyer out of New York. And he's talking about MySpace and YouTube, two incredible sites, of mm-hmm. course. And uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, too, a little bit later on uh, this hour. And uh, the conversion of a salesman to a sales manager, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. As you well know, Jeffrey is a sales trainer, so we've got uh, Jeffrey on the show as well. And I'm looking forward to talking with Laura, who is uh, in uh, today in, yeah. Colo- in Boulder, right. Colorado, Yeah, oh. but out of Los Angeles originally. So
2: You know, and you mentioned about uh, uh, Jeffrey, that what they say is a good salesperson does not necessarily make a good sales manager. Exactly. And vice versa. Yeah, it's, so, that's interesting. So if you're a good sales manager and you're a salesman, you can go tell your sales manager you can probably sell circles around that person. That's exactly right. Right. And, and then, then
1: you, get fired. And then you look for another job right. somewhere else. All right. So looking forward to talking with, uh, with Laura. Lots of stuff going on. The, Uh, all around the world uh, this week. It's been a busy week. How about yours?
2: Well, same. Uh, You know, I I came across something in Automotive News. I was reading one of the trades uh, for the automobile business. I thought this was pretty cool, Ray, and it's uh, along the lines of... uh Of mobile, not necessarily. Well, I guess it could come under the category of mobile marketing. General Motors will not be building the uh, Chevrolet Camaro for another couple years, but will
1: not be building. it? Will
2: not be. But it's uh, it's about to. uh, You know, it's all about the buzz. Of course, we know here on the show. And in order to maintain that buzz, just a few weeks ago, GM began offering ringtones, free ringtones. Yeah. And what is it going to be of? Well, it's going to be of the exhaust sound from the new car. Oh, that's a
1: great idea.
2: Yeah, it really is. And so GM's uh, Fastlane blog, which is where you can find that, uh, you know, if you want your cell phone to sound like the car, you can go to uh, and I'm not going to go through all of the uh, the links here, but just go to uh, fastlane.gmblogs.com and I'm sure they'll they you know figure out from there. But I thought it was a pretty what cool idea. A great idea.
1: idea. Yeah. Uh, staying on trucks here and cars and trucks and such. Toyota has a uh, is launching a new uh, national truckers campaign it's called true truckers uh, beginning in february of next year in conjunction with the launch of its tundra full-size uh, pickup uh, with the effort toyota hopes to steal a uh, share from ford and general motors where they're strongest and then keep it by offering its uh, first pickup uh, with features and options that are competitive uh, with the market leaders the campaign uh, via saatchi and Sachi, uh, borrows tactics from the uh, the playbook uh, Toyota used to launch the uh, youth-focused Scion division in '03, mm-hmm. so uh, some good things coming there. They're also borrowing heavily, they say, from Ford, Dodge, and Chevrolet, just like the big three that still own 80% of the truck market. So mm. that's interesting. Yeah, something, uh, something there.
2: Not sure that. Uh... Ford, who announced that they're going to be closing something like 400 dealerships that you'd want to be stealing from their strategy anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, anyway.
1: Maybe the, maybe the Ford, the, the young Ford, is now working for Toyota. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but that, the Tundra is an incredible truck, by the way, but it's really interesting. And obviously, you know, when you look at Ford and Dodge and Chevrolet, this obviously that's one area that they don't dominate in. Right. So, right. so welcome to the car show here, yeah, folks. Yeah, right, yeah. But, uh, I
2: have a rattle. You do? Yeah. Can you make that sound again? <laughs> you can never it do happens that. happens when you get your age, practice you <laughs> right. a few things around. Well, that's true. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. You know, uh, are we going to – we have time for this real quick? Or yeah, we do. do Patrick, Go okay. Uh, you, you and I had talked about Wife Swap, the, the reality TV program, yes. a, f- a few years ago. And before it came out, of course, we were prepared to think it was some kind of porno. Well, uh, or something, and then of course then we were surprised. When, yeah, it has, it has prime time television. It wasn't. It has value. Go I figure. Think. I think it you know some you know two odd couples get together and you learn from one another. Diversely and, odd. Yes, but what's interesting? Real life has intruded on the uh, British reality version of that, which of course is where it originated. Most people may know that <laughs> everything but, comes from Britain, doesn't it? A lot of it today, uh, especially in the reality genre. But anyway, a woman fi- uh, filming the uh, Channel Four. That's where it uh, airs on uh, BBC. Uh, show claimed that she was sexually assaulted by a friend of the swap husband, an allegation of course uh, denied by the alleged perpetrator wow uh, and although the woman later uh, withdrew the, her allegation to police, the swap producers uh, decided that uh, filming of the episode would would halt because hmm. it had created too much of a negative uh, you know publicity around that and that of course is according to the london's uh, london's uh, Sun pe- uh, newspapers. Okay. But, but the uh, episode, which people may not realize this, it's in its seventh premiere, uh, seventh uh, season really? in Britain. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Those are some interesting folks that they put together, and of course that's by design. Exactly. And it's a lot better than that show with Howie Mandre- Mandel on it. <laughs> <laughs> the what, what is that? Howie, I don't even know
2: what it is. Well, it's the uh, million-dollar, uh, yeah. Briefcase show. Yeah, exactly. it's the briefcase show. You right. know, they say the mind's the second thing to go when you
1: get older. It's right on target. <laughs> we have Patrick Meyer here on the advertising show. Let's look at uh, what MySpace and YouTube is up next. It's right now on the advertising show.
3: Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the
4: Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about MySpace and your tube. Now you're thinking, what is Patrick talking about? Here are examples of personal expression that are changing everything that's going on from a marketing and advertising standpoint. MySpace has been adopted by millions of young adults who've been able to create their own world in a personal expression of them. Music, likes, hobbies, friends etc it's beyond a blog it's a dynamic expression of them your tube same way video expression creativity and sharing with friends there's a bigger idea here which is your brand has to be an avenue for personal expression if the consumer can't come into your brand and express themselves and share it with their friends then you're not connected to where it's all going particularly with young people all around the world Now don't be seduced like News Corp and every other big marketer that came in and said, well, let's just buy MySpace. We'll put ads on there. No, that's not cool, because as soon as that starts to happen, all those consumers start to migrate elsewhere. But it's beyond that. It's thinking differently. It's letting the consumer use their cell phone, their video cameras, their computers at events and other places, letting them express themselves with their friends and your brand. Here's what I ask you to do. Pick one place for your brand and start exploring personal expression. Website, events, promotions, get the consumer involved, give them the vehicle. And then over time open it up and let the consumer express themselves in many different ways in many different vehicles
3: you've been listening to the marketing insider heard every week here on the advertising show join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing
1: I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. That's Patrick, and uh, this is Ray Shellen's along with Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. Laura Marriott, Executive Director of Mobile Marketing Association, is going to join us here in just a few moments. Uh, MMA is the premier association for the development of mobile marketing, and I just love new stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to uh, to talking with, uh, with Laura in uh, just a few moments. She's uh, in Boulder this weekend. And uh, one quick thing before we go Mm -hmm. into break here, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is incredibly huge, right? We we all believe that. I mean, it's not as big as it maybe used to be, but it's still quite large. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola is the United Kingdom's most valuable grocery brand, according to a survey. Always into a survey. Soft drink giant is uh, is worth. what is it, uh, a billion pounds? Is that what it is? I don't know what it is. Nearly four times as much as its rival, Pepsi. Uh, figures collated by the market analyst A.C. Nielsen Show. Uh, Cadbury Dairy Milk, the second most valuable, ahead of Warburton's Bread. Good old Warburton's Bread. Oh, yeah. I never had that before. Anyway, but uh, just something to throw in quick. We'll be back in just a minute with more on The Advertising
0: Show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
5: If you know me. Would you believe I'm Bugs Bunny? I'm also the voice of many other cartoon characters. But in here, they don't care if I'm Elmer Fudd. So I carry an American Express card the one card i need for travel it's the advertising show rachel and
1: Brad forsyth and our special guest uh, joining us for uh, three segments here laura marriott out of boulder executive director of the mobile marketing association so what is that the mma an action-oriented association designed to clear obstacles to market development to establish standards and best practices for sustainable growth and to evangelize uh, the mobile channel for use by brands and third-party content providers that's a one heck of a mission statement, Laura. Mm-hmm. The MMA has over 300 members worldwide, representing over 20 countries. Laura has over 15 years of experience in the high-tech uh, industry in the areas of business development, project management, and marketing. Laura, we forgot to tell you we needed the short version of your bio here. Yeah. Prior to joining the MMA, she has served as uh, Intrado's a director of marketing where she was responsible for the development and delivery of intrad- uh, int- Intrado's. that's right, mobility products and services. Laura has also previously served as the director of business Development at Cynetta Networks and Cell Lock, Inc. She's a graduate of the University of Alberta, and uh, during the show, she'll say the word about sometimes, and you'll see if she still has her accent, being right. there in Boulder. Okay? Absolutely. You know, unfortunately, Laura, we're out of time for see this See you. First have time.
2: a good time. Yeah, there we go. Hey,
1: Laura, welcome to the Advertising Show. Good
2: to have you here.
5: Thanks, Ray and Brad. Love to
2: be here. Yeah, and uh, Ray did a great job of describing the uh, Mobile Marketing Association. Who makes up your membership, Laura?
5: Yeah, so our our membership is comprised of all the players who engage the mobile channel as a cross-media marketing communications tool. So Mm -hmm. that means not only the wireless carriers who obviously deploy the services to the consumer. It means the technology providers, the brands, the agencies, um, and the content providers. So companies like Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, Toyota, carriers like Verizon, Singular, T-Mobile, all members of the MMA.
2: And and how how long would you say uh, mobile marketing has been around?
5: Well, I would say that um, we really resolved the technology issues to have a viable channel through mobile in about 2003. We have really only begun to see a rapid uptake of services. Um, Last year, you know, it was gradual. This year we've now seen thousands of campaigns deployed by major brands. So, 06, you know, we'd still say we're in the early days, but it is rapidly increasing.
2: Yeah, and uh, we've, we've covered mobile marketing here in the advertising show frequently, and for our audience that uh, may not be familiar with it or, or just uh, needs a refresher, give us a definition, uh, at least your definition, of mobile marketing, Laura.
5: Yeah, so we define mobile marketing as using a wireless media, and so by wireless media we mean text, mobile web, um, messaging like MMS messaging or camera phone messaging, mobile video or television and downloads, as part of an integrated content delivery and direct response vehicle within a cross media marketing communications campaign. Wow, that's a lot of a lot of information. But like out of home, um, like print, like on pack, mobile is but one channel to target the consumer.
2: And uh, what would be an example of uh, maybe a uh, mobile marketing effort that came from a major player that most of our audience would be familiar with?
5: Yeah, probably one of the first and one of the most popular um, was around the whole American Idol. So Mm -hmm. American Idol involved interactive TV. I know you guys were talking about reality TV shows in the introduction. Um, But American Idol was really the first that used text messaging. It was sponsored by AT&T Wireless at the time where consumers could text in to vote for their favorite pop star. Um, That is a great example of using text to drive interaction with the brand and engagement with the consumer.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you think, uh, I know it's really all about exclusivity when it comes to uh, mobile marketing, Uh, and obviously the example you just gave uh, is is a great example of of exclusivity. Do you find that uh, when it comes to mobile marketing that many consumers uh, might have a bit of a a negative uh, view of, of mobile marketing today?
5: Yeah, I think there's definitely a a negative perception um, with some consumers. I think that, you know, the the nature of the device, given that it's highly personal, it's always on you, always available, um, it provides brands new access to the consumer that they've never had before. With that comes all this, you know, perception and misconceptions around the fact that uh, the consumer can be targeted the brand anytime and the consumer feels that there might be a uh, situation for that a lot of push advertising like in the email world will happen to them in mobile mm-hmm. well the one thing we've done in the industry um, and done a very good job at is we've established a baseline set of rules called consumer best practices and that requires opt-in by the consumer to participate in any campaign meaning that a consumer must opt-in via short code via um, you know, clicking on a brand banner in the mobile web environment to engage with that brand. So that is a level of control that we've put in place as an industry to protect the consumer experience and ultimately drive the whole mobile channel forward.
2: You know, I would think that uh, that would be a difficult, uh, although I agree with the concept, opting in and the, the greater receptivity you'll get from consumers when you, when you do that uh, practice, if you will. But I would think that would be difficult to get everybody to line up on that.
5: Well actually, that's what's made the MMA very successful because we have uh, participation across the entire value chain, and we've really created a collaborative, trusted environment where all parties work to define the guidelines. What happened with consumer best practices is not only do the carriers implement them enforce them, but they ensure that all their agreements with the aggregators, also adhere to these guidelines. The aggregators ensure that their agreements with the content providers and brands also adhere to these guidelines. So across the entire value chain, we have this foundation that ensures the you know, the the pristine nature of this channel.
2: Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm curious. I I think a lot of people tend to think, uh, you know, North America here is really on the cutting edge. But when you compare uh, Europe, for example, and their mobile marketing industry relative to, uh, to ours here in North America, big difference, right, Laura?
5: Yeah, I think, you know, it's a question that we get asked a lot. I think that the U.S. definitely was behind in the past, and that was mainly... Due to technology and infrastructure issues, we had some hurdles we had to overcome, uh, but we are gaining and we're gaining rapidly. Um, In terms of brand spend, we have higher brand spend in North America on mobile campaigns than they do in Europe. Um, Text messaging adoption, so that short code messaging, is definitely higher in Europe because they have a different calling uh, pricing model um, between consumers. Um, but we're, I would say, in the United States, we're also leading on the image-based opportunities, so mobile web, mobile video, um, um, camera phone services. So
2: text is really the only area that, that uh, Europeans tend to, uh, you know, lead us?
0: I, I, in
5: saying? terms of overall number of messages sent, yes. Mm-hmm. But recent statistics released uh, by CTIA for North America is that we are up to about 12 billion text messages sent a month just here in the United States. Incredible
2: you know you were talking about opting in and Ray and I were talking before the show uh about Verizon not one of R- Ray's favorite subjects I'm o- I'm okay with Verizon and we have yeah. both been uh are you still with v- Verizon Ray? Yes yeah. I still am. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Anyway, we're both uh, we're both with uh, Verizon. <laughs> they would uh they would be well uh spent to spend a little more money with you to get you happy because uh you you've talked a lot about them.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah. In an
2: unfavorable yeah. way as you should because it's not been a favorable but yeah I I receive text messages from them. And I didn't uh, agree to that. No. And and here, a great company like Verizon is not adhering to your guidelines. Uh, Any thoughts, Laura?
5: Well, I'm not exactly sure what kind of text messaging you're receiving from Verizon. But at any time, as part of the guidelines, there's also the capability for a consumer to text stop Mm -hmm. to opt out of any campaign information that they're receiving. Mm -hmm.
2: I wonder if you're paying for that brand well i think it's probably a, no it's free just like right. they used to do with their calls before they went to uh yeah, yeah it's free but I, I find it a bit of uh, an interruption i guess and yeah. i yeah. and it's probably they could probably point to some fine print in a document that i signed But I'm you sure. forgot to
1: sign that yeah. line to cross it off yeah. exactly
2: exactly yeah, yeah. exactly right.
5: Well, I mean, even for Verizon, there's very clear guidelines around what can and can't be done, and if there are marketing messages that are going to be sent, the consumer is asked to opt in to receive those. So if you participate in a voting campaign, they can send you back a message saying, hey, do you want to receive extra information about this product or service? And then the consumer has to say yes or no in order to be put on to a mailing list or
1: whatever. I think the service is good, Brad. I think it's more in the customer uh, relationship type thing that they can do a little bit better. And and that's not just me. It's a lot of other people as well. I agree. Laura Marietta is our special guest, executive director of the Mobile Marketing Association out of Boulder, Colorado. And with us for a couple of more segments here at theadvertisingshow.com. It's an incredibly cool website powered by shippel.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com and a program called Tendency. So, check it out. It's the Advertising Show. Back in just a moment.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show.
1: That was the tagline for our show before we came up with the advertising show. Stronger than dirt would have been good, though. (laughs) It's Laura Morris along with uh, Ray Shillins and uh, Laura Morris. Laura Marriott, (laughs) different Laura, uh, with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Laura is executive director of the Mobile Marketing Association. Laura, it is so good to have you on the advertising show.
5: Mm, Thanks. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, and by the way, Ray, I don't know if you had a chance. Uh, I saw a picture of Laura Marriott, and she's a very attractive lady, best-looking lady we've had on the show this week. This week? No, it's about a weekly this year? show. It is uh, this year. This and year maybe in the last good. couple of years. There you go. Uh, but, and by the way, she mentioned aggregators uh, last segment. We're going to have uh, next week a uh, guest, Chris, An- uh, Chris Anderson, author of The Long Tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll talk aggregation and The Long Tail. And if you're not familiar with that, you need to go download download The Long Tail yes. and read the article. It's a great book and I uh, uh, highly recommend it. Not to be confused with that video over there on your desk there, Ray, The Longest Tail. <laughs> the longest That's tail, not right. uh, the same thing. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a war movie. Yeah. Laura, uh, welcome back to the show. Traditionally, uh, advertisers uh, have been geared more towards interruptions, and you mentioned a little bit last segment about how mobile is moving away from a push model towards a pull model. Uh, And certainly we we talked a long time and and for a very long time frequently about how consumers are now gaining control over their interactions with brands. I'm curious, do you feel that – uh, many advertisers are a little uncomfortable with, uh, you know, feeling that consumers are getting more in control. And, and how many traditional advertisers really understand this idea today?
5: You know, that is a, that is a fantastic question. I think that, you know, as an industry, um, as an advertising industry, we're definitely moving from interruption to engagement. Um, Brands are now able to establish, well, establish not only instantaneous engagement with the consumer through the mobile device, but they're able to create this one-to-one dialogue with the consumer in an area that's of interest to the consumer, given this whole poll initiative. Um, Do they understand it? You know, that's a great question. Talking to a lot of our agency members, um, there is some confusion over where mobile should reside. Should it be in the traditional side of the agency? Should it be in the digital side of the agency? I think a lot of uh, of the agencies are are creating new mobile divisions because they're not sure where to place it. Um, Again, we're in the early days, and it will take some, you know, some more time to figure it all out.
1: It'd be the only appropriate place to place it is in its own division, or so to speak, because it's totally different than the other two. Right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's—I'm uh, curious. Uh, not so many years ago, when uh, the big buzz was about doing online marketing, uh, we saw a lot of traditional advertisers taking traditional approaches to online, and and it didn't do well. And they found—and it's still working itself out. But I'm curious, Laura, are, are advertisers today merely moving old marketing models? Uh, that have applied to traditional media, uh, media to mobile? And, and if you if this happens, uh, how often do you see this today,
5: Laura? Um, I think we see a combination of. So we see a lot of content repurposed for the mobile device, um, a lot of models repurposed for the mobile device, but this is changing. Um, mobile is a new media type, and as such, we need to think about it um, in this portable, dynamic um way, and so we, we are seeing uh, an evolution of models and an evolution of creative for the mobile device. Um, you know, there's been some just incredible case studies launched um, that, that, uh, that leverage the fact that this is portable.
2: Yeah, and what would your advice be if you're a, a marketer out there and your your company decides to do some mobile marketing? If you, would, would you advise just kind of in a blanket general way that if you're using traditional strategy, uh, I'm sorry, strategy from traditional media and just bringing it onto a mobile channel that you might want to rethink that?
5: Well, I mean, what we advise agencies to do when they first get involved is mobile is one part of your cross-media mix. So mobile does not stand alone today and mobile should be integrated into your overall campaign. And that means integrate mobile, integrate call to actions in your online, in your print, in your events, in your television, in your radio, et cetera, and make sure that it's one element in this complete campaign. And that's what we counsel. We also counsel brands to get involved now, to get involved with one of the easiest methods in, in wireless media, and that's with text messaging. Text messaging is very uh, relatively inexpensive to get involved in and relatively easy to get up to speed on quickly and integrate into your campaign.
2: Well, let's talk a little market uh, segmentation, Laura. I, I would assume that there's certain demos that are more targetable than others when it comes to mobile marketing. Can you describe some of that for us?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say initially, probably last year, um, being you know, some of the first great stats available, mobile marketing campaigns, were really targeted towards the youth market, and we defined youth as 13 to 34. So it was this youth market that was using uh, mobile more often and participating in mobile campaigns more often than other demographics. What we've seen throughout 2006, though, is we have a larger number of brands involved. We have brands now launching campaigns to specific demographic groups that are outside of this youth market, for example. Golf Digest Magazine uh, tailors their mobile campaigns to affluent affluent males, um, over 40. So we're seeing a lot of campaigns target a broader demographic group, and as such, when we do our annual survey this year, we expect that demographic to skew. Granted, uh, mobile is still primarily for personalization and entertainment, so this youth market will still be the predominant focus.
1: We have our special guest here, Laura Marriott, Executive Director of the Mobile Marketing Association. We're not talking about taxi cabs either, folks. Uh, <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more distinct. You know, Brad, it's interesting too. I've uh, talking with uh, folks in our industry. They don't know how. They freely admit they don't know, understand, or how to market or how to do the creative for, for these new types of, uh, of, of advertising. And I think that's really good because that means they're you know willing to, to learn to yeah. find out something. So think so.
2: outside the box.
1: Exactly. Laura Marriott, she'll be back with us here in just a moment on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
0: Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show.
4: You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy, but you're aching it and stomach here, this message from old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, blop, blop, fizz,
1: fizz. A little bold. bit early in the day for uh, for an Alka-Seltzer, yeah, it's maybe later on. Yeah. Laura Marriott is our special guest on the advertising show. Laura is the executive director of the Mobile Marketing Association. By the way, their website is mmaglobal.com. We want you to go visit that as well, but Laura, welcome back to the show for one more segment. Great to have you here.
5: Thanks.
2: Yeah, and uh, Ray and I were talking and read something recently about how the uh, U.K. will be implementing mobile ticketing, and I think maybe a lot of our audience may not be aware of this concept. I understand the U.S. may be implementing something soon, I would hope. Uh, Great concept to describe that for us. Would you, Laura?
5: Yeah, well, so we, uh, within the MMA, we have just launched a mobile commerce initiative that will deal with issues around mobile ticketing to ensure a one-click experience for the consumer. Right now, there are a lot of back-end issues that we need to resolve in the United States in order to be able to do it seamlessly. That being said, um, there are companies like Amped Mobile that have launched mobile ticketing in the States. Um, Sprint Nextel with the Las Vegas monorail did a ticketing application around riding the monorail in April of this year, but ticketing, couponing are still very early um, in deployment cycles until we resolve some of our technological issues.
2: It's a great idea, and I think uh, obviously it's working well in other parts of the world, and uh, it should be something that will, I think once it's available and they do get all that worked out, it's something that will be quickly adopted by uh, many consumers. Where are we with Apple developing uh, an iPhone? I I understand that, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot about this recently, and I'm curious, wouldn't Apple need to be making deals with carriers and compete with companies like Nokia and Motorola
5: to do such? Yeah, carriers or handset manufacturers. Um, I know there is. I have a singular phone, a sliver, and it's iTunes compatible.
2: Is that, that right? Yeah. So, so uh, but uh, weren't they coming out with the dedicated iPhone that? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 yeah you, I don't you, know, actually. Yeah. Well, we, this was called Stump La Marriott, and it's now one you to did it. twenty-five to one <laughs> ad show. One U twenty-five. So you're doing well. <laughs> Uh, the MMA urges advertisers to require consumers to opt in. You mentioned that during our first segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, uh, you know, how often do you find that uh, that your organization receives complaints from consumers? Not very often. Are they aware of this? Uh, and, and do you use your organization as a as a, a policing Sorry. agent, if you will? Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, I'll take that in two parts. So, how often do we receive uh, comments, queries, complaints from consumers? I would say more often than not, the types of inquiries I get from consumers are a, please explain to me how this works, or please explain to me how I opt out. Um, so there's a lot of educational elements uh, surrounding surrounding the use of wireless media. Um, in terms of complaints, I'd say I might get one every second week. Um, but they're really more in regards to um, how do i how do i opt out and i got into this service and i'm not sure how it happened and so we walk through how they might have signed up for it Um, the mma does not do policing Mm -hmm. Uh, the mma deploys its guidelines and the carriers and aggregators enforce those guidelines with the other members of the ecosystem um, but there is an, an industry initiative to deploy a monitor we're calling a, a monitoring function to monitor against those guidelines and best practices to ensure compliance.
2: You know, I understand uh, that's a great answer. I understand that there's a relatively new f- uh, term out called phone casting. We've got a couple minutes left uh, in this segment. Explain the, uh, for our audience the difference between podcasting, I guess, and phone casting
5: gosh you know what's funny is is i wrote an article on this for ClickZ a couple of a couple of weeks ago just on on video casting and mobile casting um but (laughs) you've stumped me again really yeah you know it's it's not that it's just not an area of focus for us right now Mm -hmm. Um, and it's certainly something that is emerging obviously with the whole social networking and viral community being so strong through the mobile device and the consumer's ability to, or even a brand's uh, ability to video cast or mobile cast uh, through either audio or video, what is going on in their environment. Right. Um, is, is of high value, but we're not seeing a lot of adoption. So, to be honest, within the MMA, it's not a large focus at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's obviously a new idea. Do we have time for a quick uh, question, Ray? About uh, less than 60. Less than 60. Short codes. Uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, search engine short codes instead of using the mobile web or 411 directory. Any comments?
5: Uh, short codes are a great way to reach the masses, easy to use, easy to uh, launch. Uh, promotion sweepstakes campaigns and to educate consumers on how to use text.
1: That was a great answer. That was a great that was about, answer. That was kind of like an adlet on a clear channel station. And
2: she texted me uh, at the same time. Did she really? Yes, she did. You know, this
1: is an interesting topic, and there's a lot more to learn as well because it's such a wonderfully uh, emerging uh, type of uh, uh, communication device. Laura Marriott, Executive Director, Mobile Marketing Association, MMAGlobal.com. Laura, it's been fun having you here. Thanks for taking your time uh, to be a part of the show.
5: Thanks, Ray and Brad. I enjoyed it.
1: Thank you. On the advertising show, Ray and Brad Forsyth, we have more coming your way, including a segment from uh, Jeffrey Gettimer, too. We hope you stay with us.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsythe.
5: Uh, these are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. Uh, as
3: you
1: can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola... Classic ad from the folks at 7up, who went ahead and reinvented their packaging, and they're kind of the brand for 7up, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's good stuff. It's a great-looking package now, and it uh, tastes a pretty good, too. I think 7up now has Splenda, as opposed to the, uh, the old stuff that... Uh they used in uh, formaldehyde or type whatever, stuff. Yeah, or, yeah whatever. Mm. So that's good. Hey, Laura was great. And yeah. A lot, a lot to learn. I really love uh, the fact, and I sincerely mean that, the fact that uh, so many new things are out there. It's, it really keeps everybody <laughs> on their toes, doesn't yeah. it? It just isn't the same old uh, marketing stuff. Laura Marriott, president Mobile Marketing Association. Next week, uh, it is uh, Chris Anderson. Chris has a book out. It's called The Long Tail. You heard us talk about that before. He's also the editor-in-chief at Wired Magazine, which we have... Right there on the copy stand. I see there. that. So yeah. it's, that's a great magazine it as well. Is. So we'll look forward to uh, to talking with um, Chris Anderson next week right. on the advertising show. What do you have there?
2: Well, you know, uh, we've mentioned Howard Howard Stern a lot here on the show, yes, and we do. you know, we're not we're not uh, taking sides one way or the other. We've got to acknowledge what he's uh, doing and what he's done. And right. eight months into his Sirius Satellite Radio contract, right, Howard Stern's advertising rates yeah. are but a fraction. Of what they were when he was on, on the terrestrial, terrestrial. Yeah. yeah. Just to give you a little bit of an idea here, spots are going for five to six grand, with live reads maxing out at ten grand. And by comparison, for those uh, may not be familiar with uh, ongoing regular type rates for hmm. for reg, uh, He's radio more stations?
1: expensive on terrestrial well, in a big a way, a
2: little bit, big way. Uh, Stern uh, sh- his broadcast for terrestrial radio commanded around thirty k for a thirty uh, a second spot, That's and fun, yeah. uh, of course this is uh, not a huge surprise that spots are cheaper on Sirius. Uh, 4.7 million subscribers. Uh, but exactly how much smaller is Stern's Sirius uh, radio audience uh, as opposed to the, uh, the terrestrial audience? Well, nobody really knows, Ray, But uh, so you can't really do a cost per thousand comparison. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think uh, is for sure, of the 4.7 million Sirius satellite subscribers, 100% do not... Uh, listen to Howard Stern. That would yeah. be impossible. No. If you wanted to give them a 25%, which would be liberal, 25% mm-hmm. of all subscribers listen to Howard Stern, right. that's around a million mm-hmm. versus seven percent Five or seven, over seven million, million. yeah, right, where exactly. he was. So he's got a, you know, a fraction of this other audience. And there's been a lot of rumors about Howard maybe coming back to terrestrial. Well, he can
1: never come back because he would never do a show in a way that would be appropriate to right. run on terrestrial radios right. as well.
2: so right. It's the uh, the inversion of the Opie and uh, Opie and Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they're sharing on both uh, satellite and now they're back on terrestrial as well. Oh,
1: they are. Yeah. Oh, okay. I some, didn't know
2: that. Some kind of deal that was made to. But anyway, it's, you know, uh, Howard did not do what they expected him to do in terms no, of driving surprised. subscriptions. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: Howard, although they don't agree with what he does, uh, he's a very smart businessman mm-hmm, true. Uh, because he's making lots of money. And, uh, <laughs> lots he, of money. <laughs> he strike while the iron is hot, so to speak. Yeah. And, and that's what he did. It's no different than a rush. Limbaugh. Yes, remember limbaugh remember when he got popular they, they went in and raised all of the radio station rates to, right. to carry his syndicated programming which they used to get for free when he first started exactly here's yeah. something that uh, we don't get for free Jeffrey Gittimer. quick
3: takes on sales and customer relations with jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide if you're offended by common sense commentary don't you dare listen Now, here's Jeffrey.
6: Here's how to make the most dangerous leap in sales, the one from salesperson to sales manager. Somebody wrote me in this question. Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on taking our best salesperson and making him a sales manager? This is a great idea if you want to gain a bad manager and lose your best salesperson. The most difficult jump in business for two basic reasons is from salesperson to sales manager. The first reason is companies don't train managers or leaders before allowing them to take the position. And second, the company doesn't beef up the sales force to absorb the loss of taking their best salesperson out of the field. So here's what needs to happen. Number one, the prospective sales manager begins taking courses so he can learn leadership qualities and coaching skills before assuming in my opinion six months before assuming the position the second thing is present employees are brought into a meeting to talk about how they will cooperate with and work with or work harder for their new boss the third thing is keep the manager as a part-time player to keep in touch with what his salespeople are doing in the field sales management has very little to do with managing and everything to do with leading teaching and coaching I'll offer you the best advice that has been given to every Boy Scout for the last 150 years.
3: Be prepared. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say... This is Jeffrey
6: Gittimer
1: reminding you that if no one responds to your ad... Maybe because your ad sucks. Jeffrey, a man of no opinions, you know? Right. There you go. That's Jeffrey Gittimer on the advertising show. Always a pleasure to have Jeffrey a part of the show. Looking forward to uh, Chris Anderson next week, author of The Long Tail, also editor-in-chief of Wired Magazine. If you really don't get Wired Magazine, you ought to. It's good stuff there. Mm-hmm. We are on uh, mobile phones and such like that today. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones was the spokesperson for T-Mobile right. USA, Right. Not anymore. It's uh, launching an uh, an ad campaign based on everyday people. Hey, there's an opportunity. The Bellevue Company plans to announce, uh, as part of the switch, T-Mobile said it will introduce a new service centered on a people theme. How about that? Subscribers will be able to uh, make and receive unlimited calls from their five favorite people. Hmm. That sounds like the friends and family a lot. It does. But but other than that, what is it? uh, uh, the announcement marks the end to the uh, celebrity aura the company has uh, relied on over the years with Seta-Jones, most recently with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, Curtis before that as well. Mm-hmm. So,
2: interesting. T-Mobile, a, a good company. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but again. they need to quit ripping off the other people's ideas. So it's, It is friends and family. It's exactly it's that concept. Yeah. It's a good
1: idea, though. Yeah. But there again, uh Verizon at this point has the, you know, if you're on, you know, like no matter where we're at in the world, right. we can talk to each other so as, a, national as a yeah. so it's a local call. So it's a good deal. Yeah. But, uh, so Catherine Zeta-Jones now looking for employment as a spokesperson. Yeah. Probably not anything else, though. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go to theadvertisingshow.com. It's jam-packed with uh, information that you really could use uh, in your business, whether you're uh, a business owner, an advertising agency, or a radio account executive, or whatever. It's a lot of good stuff there at theadvertisingshow.com, a very interactive site as well. So uh, we invite you to visit there often throughout the week here. The Advertising Show, brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at age.com.
4: The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.